back to this unnamed pod. Welcome back to the Imaginary Pod. I am Vicky, sitting with Ani and Cal on a beautiful sunny day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sipping on our hazelnut lattes. We got some lattes. These two have gone over the edge. They are now in the beyond of the caffeinated sphere. Yeah. So I can't trust them for any words that may come out of their you know what? minds, bodies, or souls. When I'm at Ritter's and the waitress has that beautiful tin of coffee and she asks, asks me if I want more, I can't say no. Yes, I, w- I just want to watch the coffee be poured, mostly. I think that's what it is. Just watching the coffee be poured. So beautiful. I think she was a little annoyed that I didn't take a second top up from her. She's like, wait, She's like, are you like sure? You it. just want one? Mm. Oh, that's it? All of us chugging those coffees. And now I got even more. Ani, you have some opinions on status that sounded controversial to me. Well, yeah. What was the exact statement that you disagree? I said status is very, uh, like we look down upon status, but. Yeah, you said we need oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So with many of our conversations about specific topics where we might disagree, what I've realized is that we first, you and I, we first need to define what that word means. Because most of the time, we might be aligned, but we just like, we're looking at different meanings or ah. of the word itself. Okay. So status or status. To me. Yeah. What, what, what do you me, mean by that? Status is someone being above someone else in perception, socially. Okay. Yeah. That is, that is. Is that where you're at? Yeah. That is a perspective on it. And like, of course I would. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. So. I was just saying, I was listening to a, a like long ass podcast and doing some reading and I've always been interested in this topic because there's some personal investment uh, in terms of like getting to understand this topic a little bit more for me and deal with like how I view status in the world. So I think status, uh, of course, like we, we can all agree that it was super important in olden times. When we lived in a hunter-gatherer society. Wait, why? Actually, I don't know if we can agree. I felt like that was like the most equal it could ever be is when everyone's just in a community pitching in equally for the good of their so community. So people did not actually pitch in equally. So there were like... There were some the, bums, some lazy bums. I mean, I'm just saying that in those societies, in those tribes, there were some people who had roles assigned to them. Like you would okay, this is the guy who would like go hunting for certain things, like people who would like repair shit, build houses or like temporary housing, whatever, people who were training other people, like everybody had different roles. And some of the bravest people were considered to be people who would pick up arms and like fight or go out there to hunt for days and nights. And they held higher positions in society or like the tribe leader or even if there was democracy in tribes, there was still like hierarchy over there. And these people uh, were considered to be higher status because they were bringing more value to the tribe, a different kind of value because it involved more risk. So if these are the people who go out there to like hunt for meat and put their lives in danger because, I mean, yeah, you could get injured, you could die of an infection, like something as simple as that. they were put in, so they got more rewards in terms of like the simplest thing is like um, 
like uh, women, like your choice in women was unlimited. To put it bluntly, like uh, everybody in the household in the tribe wanted their daughter to be married to like the leader of the tribe, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's just one. Op- the other thing is, of course, like options in terms of this. We can keep going down the list. So that's why I think like that's how status played out, mm-hmm. and it's hardwired in us to crave for status because it gives us leverage or more than that it gives us more options in society like when you're like least amount of status what that basically means is that in the group that you live perceived value that you bring to the group is not as much compared to somebody else who's bringing that value now we can get in we can get into what that value means because that is very interesting to me but you had a point to add on this you disputed the historical element saying that i think that was the most sort of egalitarian time yeah i think it's a little of both the difference being that now it's just so much more transparent when people are jockeying for status yeah it was always there and like you said it is hardwired into us as animals but they didn't have rolexes and lambos and all the body accessories of status that we have now so from my perspective that's what i'm more averse to yeah are those games and being in those rooms where it's just obvious that people are they're not really even trying to get status they're trying to show that they have status Mm -hmm. yeah there's no risk actually anymore so back then it would be like there's an honor attached to if you were to have status there would be a reason you would have it whereas now yeah. You could just be born into wealth and just half it. So it's not honorable anymore. To me, it's like not, it's stupid. So one thing I've definitely been realizing is, okay, I mean, so for example, for this one, this point, what I would like to say is like, in those times, there was also show of status. I would just point it, put it out there, like, because, and this would show in just different ways. For example, let's say your armor had a specific color to show that oh he's his rank is higher he like there's clear demarcation over there in fact i would say in those times hierarchy was more popular than it is now because now we are we are evolved as a society to learn that oh in some circumstances we can work as a flat hierarchy system like it'll be fine but back then it was simpler like everything is like hierarchy like you're looking up to someone and looking down on someone else so you look down on someone else to feel good about yourself. You look up to someone to get those favors going. And that's pretty much your life. You're not thinking too much. So even small things like a special tattoo now shows that, oh, you earn that tattoo because only some people in society will get that. So maybe they were also very obvious. We just don't know. But like in their own ways, whatever they could show. But either way, they earned yeah. it. They earned their yeah. spying it. But like we see all these kings, like I was watching this movie on the plane again, um, the last, the last duel or something like that. Basically, I'm saying, like we've seen so many lame ass kings in the British and uh, like uh, like um, kingdom and like even the French kingdom, like these kings are like not inbred, disgusting yeah. kings. They're Who would not? Faces. They didn't earn anything, but they had like yeah, they're gross. Higher status just by virtue of birth, right? And that was dumb. And that's I yeah. feel like that's how it is now. It's it is. still like that. We're but all the like same. 
go farther back into like when we're in like maybe a tribe, you know, that to me, it feels like the status is earned, but then it's sort of got like muddied and now it's stupid. You can also see it in the, there's a, I think a clear delineation between status that is derived from wealth and status that is derived from social influence. Mm. Fame is more rare than wealth. There's more wealthy people than famous people. So I think a lot of times when people think they can just have status by having wealth, they're then transported into a new level where they realize, oh, the rare commodity is actually fame and social influence. Because getting money is like anybody can get money if you work hard enough. Right. In America, anyway. But fame, yeah. Fame is a little more elusive. You have to have something that's special and, you know, something people can grab onto. Yeah. It seems like everyone's after fame. Yeah. Like, at this point in this digital era, once notoriety. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think about Like, where are the real skills in this new generation? Because all of them are out there trying to get famous. Doesn't it feel like, yeah, well, that, that's certainly true. Yeah, I'm worried. All the jobs that we need training for. Yeah, like the real, real hard core skill sets. Like, I just wonder if that's not fashionable at all. And Mm. the new generation doesn't want to do anything with that. Then somebody will have to. Well, that's like more so society's fault for not valuing something that actually does add value like and we've seen that in the pandemic is like all the people that are the fabric of this society it's just not glamorous and so they stopped doing it and now our whole country is all dumb and everything closes at 2 p.m yeah (laughs) and like but the other side of my brain i mean the other i think about is like do we need as many people then because we are automating most of the things so now in the future, the humans will work on things which are more human anyway, rather than these mechanical jobs. So that's why, but we do need some hard skill sets around engineering, around innovation, science, research. And those things, we need to like highlight those things as a society. Sewage. Mm. Sewage is important. Sewage is, yeah, definitely. I think garbage men are the most important job in a city. Like that is actually a very dangerous job too. Like. There's a lot of risk for like illness and injury for garbage men. And they do get paid well, but I just think we don't, we call them garbage men. I mean, let's start there. <laughs> That's so mean. Uh, I think they're called sanitation workers now, but I mean, we need more, put more respect. Put more respect on garbage men name. <laughs> oh, I have also a thought. Um, is the, doesn't it feel like all the famous people aren't good anymore? Like there was maybe an era in like the 70s and 80s where like famous people actually were talented. And now it's just, you can become famous. And like, it's still rare, but it's, I don't know. They're not that good. It's not well, there was more of an ivory tower element too, where a celebrity was, that was separate from all of us down here. Yeah, Or now it's maybe. a celebrity is an everyman. Yeah. It's a it's the kid on TikTok who has just yeah, had an idea. There's that, but there's also like the celebrities are just um another talented person's kid. <laughs> like they're just Gwyneth Paltrow's son. Nepotism or, babies. Yeah, it feels like every famous person, even if I like them, like there's some I really like. Shout out to Maud A- Maud Apatow. I love you, Lexi. <laughs> um, Anya, I feel like we have similar tastes in Ooh. women. Huh. So maybe look her up. 
There was okay. a phase where if somebody would have grabbed my phone, they would have just found pictures of Sofia Coppola's face. <laughs> Sofia Coppola, yeah. She's got a great face and there's depth to it. Who is that? I mean, so there, there's maybe exceptions like, you know, to the nepotism annoyance, but it, it is there. Like, where are the famous people who are just like, I don't know, discovered? They don't exist anymore. No one's discovered anymore. I don't understand fame. Like, hear me out. So, like, I don't understand how it works. So, like, a famous person's... Okay, so let's get back to... Like, this is associated to the point that I had earlier about status. And if one of our listeners wants to enlighten us and, like, clear all these murky um, understanding that I have of this, I would love to have a conversation. But with respect to status... What I think is like status is associated with value that you bring to the group. And if that's the definition and you can get status by fame, all these people, they have to be bringing some, like let's just assume that this is the framework that you're bringing value to society. That's why you get higher status. So a celebrity's son or daughter who are also a celebrity and are considered higher status are bringing some sort of value to society and on the surface of it you might think that well what value does so and so like fucking I don't know what's his name um, Jaden Smith mm-hmm. bringing to my I don't even Great like his example. music let's say if Jaden didn't even make music like there was absolutely no value but let's say uh, he did nothing absolutely nothing and he's still a celebra- celebrity what value is he bringing people that they're giving him all this status and I feel like on the surface of it it might seem like nothing but what he's giving to people is a sense of something that they cannot have like the everyday person so if he's rolling around in those expensive ass clothings and cars and like just living a life let's say he's just a vlogger vlogging his life like I think Will Smith puts out these vlogs as well I think to the common man um, that's like I don't know if it's aspirational or whatever it might be it evokes certain feelings that we crave for like the watch, watching that show uh, Keeping Up With Kardashians yeah. it can be so ridiculous at times but it is just so strange that to us that's entertainment and it evokes all different kinds of feelings and that is the value that they bring to our lives, it seems like it's not value, but it is in a sense that they're evoking certain feelings that we want. Yeah, but those are bad feelings. But like humans acquisition want Acquisition and like material possession of dumb things and it's just wasteful and it's not like anything important. We're human beings and I feel like we're capable of better and our famous people could be better and cooler and smarter. Instead, we got Jaden Smith. It's just such a waste of our attention. We have these avatars in popular culture that allow us to fulfill these parts of ourselves that we're not courageous or skilled enough to otherwise manifest. Exactly. Um, It is, it's a thing. And like, that's the value that they're bringing. The Kardashians, though, maybe they're that for a lot of people, but for a lot of other people, they're they're hate watching it. They're like hate watching the real housewives. Like it's, it's tacky and yeah. like that's why you're watching it is because 
Like the way they are talking, Kim. I would never talk like that. I yeah. would never be so, that shy. But it give, but you see the feeling that it gives you. It makes you feel that you're better than them. Yeah. It makes you hate it, of course. Yeah. But what what's actually happening is that you are paying them. Yeah. For that very feeling. It's an attention economy. Yeah, it's an attention economy, and like, so they are bringing value to your life, even if it's value in terms of you feeling that for a second you feel that oh I'm better than these people and look at them if they're famous of course then I deserve to be right right up there and whatever that feeling is damn they're getting they're bringing that value to you and that's why in return we are giving them high like lots of fame which returns high status and like also transports to I mean also transforms to wealth and other things well it's it's baked right into a maxim that you'll hear in every classroom and seminar across the world pay attention pay attention like sorry I wasn't paying attention what, what do you say I wasn't pay paying attention attention huh? so I was thinking about Oreos I didn't pay attention what, what, what was it yeah I think the first two times I spoke are going to be unusable because of that Oreo bag. <laughs> it was like right as soon as I had a thought. It's no, you any Oreo time. Dude, just just my, silence my mic and you'll be fine. This is the part of the pod where I start yelling at Adi and Vicky. Vicky, you didn't do anything, but I'm going to yell at you anyway. No, don't yell at me. Should we go to Joke Corner? Let's go, to, let's go over to Joke Corner. I have jokes. I have jokes. I have looked at my notes and I got yeah. some jokes at at Heathrow okay. when I was at Heathrow. Let's hear him start us off. Uh, it's a premise. Okay. I have a couple. So the first one is a premise. So here's the premise. I took a shit <laughs> at Heathrow. Immediately you love it. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Um, and in my head I was singing it like I've written it down as like, I took a shit in like the pizza, like this song. I think there's some potential over there. So wordplay or like song play on mm. that. But like, talking about taking a shit at Heathrow. I've written down uh, at some point when you're in there, you just need to commit. You know, like you're thinking that, should I do this? Like, this is a crowded airport. Am like, I should doing I go this? To, yeah, is, it I happening? Do, is it finally happening? And at some point when you're in there, in, the, in that little cabinet, <laughs> you just have to like be like, okay, this is it. I'm going in, find a stall and just go for it. Like, you have to commit. Also, uh, it is super valuable, actually, that time. Because the airport is just so busy and you're probably transiting, like, you're on an international flight, you take a little break, you transit, to another long flight probably it is so valuable to finally find some solitude like in like this crazy place full of people like so many lives and stories just unfolding but you're there in that stall just gathering yourself <laughs> taking a shit uh outputting some food that you had in some other part of the world and it's beautiful it's beautiful there's something ancient about that. Yeah. You taking shit in this modern place where 
planes fly and yeah. people from all over the world it's like, bump shoulders. And I was flying west, Incredible. so my shit was from the future. Whoa. Whoa. The comic Joe list, he calls those away games. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have no home court advantage. I think Heathrow would be a nice private airport to go in because in England, their stalls are different than ours. In America, our toilet stalls have like big big cracks in them and they come up here and like you can really like l- like look under if you really wanted to or like make eye contact with someone she, through the crack actually i found that the most ridiculous thing out here like how can there be a ventilation issue though i don't I think know it's a drug thing i think it's like a crime thing in america oh. I, I honestly do and because in england it was full doors from ceiling to floor you close a door i love that yeah it's nice and it's you know, civil and modern, and we're just pooping in the public out here in America, yeah. animals. Sometimes you like somebody's just like in there to like wash their hands, and you make eye contact with someone taking shit through the crack. It's like, <laughs> it's horrible. You Half stay- of an eye at their most vulnerable moment. <laughs> That's just, just not right. What we do to Americans? Maybe that should be the next social movement. It's just you know we deserve better toilet stalls it's funny how we eat with people which is putting food in but then when we put the food out that's the most private thing and and never the two shall be reversed you don't want to eat alone eating alone is seen as this depressing thing but you would never have a group defecation what are you talking about you're telling me you've never shall be reversed this Dude. is coming from Cal's Bible. He's writing no. a Bible over here. That's one of the commandments. No. Reading from the Never book the two shall Cal, be reversed. <laughs> Cal amazes me sometimes. You're telling me you've never taken a shit with other people? Yeah, you've never done that in a locker room? I thought that's what high school boys were doing. And each in their own stall. No, I haven't. Have you? I've never. I have. Uh, no, I've never. But... Well, I mean, I'm sure I've done it in a stall in a like a packed public bathroom. Right. Right. But never as like, hey, everybody come over. Um, Let's have a sh- sh- <laughs> shitting party. Uh, uh, do you think at any point in history that was maybe common? Like, 100%. all right, it's bathroom time. Let's all squat. Well, I always think of eating as, I mean, this is really a confession. I think of when I'm eating, I'm like building my stool for the next day. That's interesting. And I'm like, how really? do I want this stool to be tomorrow? Wow. You know? Because sure that's that, essentially what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're putting material into your body and your body's going to say, we want this. We don't want this. That's, that's very... going to determine the quality of your time on the toilet. You should start like your own diet that's just like stool related <laughs> and become yeah. like a, a diet guru. Oh, yeah, that's how I, you'll start. I could wear a business. hard a hard hat and call myself the stool constructor. <laughs> sure. You could like charge a bunch for like classes and training yeah. and we could all wear orange vests yeah <laughs> why, why sure. don't you start your own um sect of stoicism yeah called shitoicism <laughs> i think there's something because the gut health in all honesty that's that's very important oh, yeah. 100%. it affects the how clear your skin yeah. is oh, yeah. so much so much like even sleep it affects sleep, sleep. yeah stress and that affects your 
quality of life. Yeah. So you can start a whole diet. Just, you know, let's get your stool real good, guys. Come on. Let's whip <laughs> it into shape. Come on, everyone. Yeah. Take another bite. Take another bite of this fiber. <laughs> it could be good. He could have a whole persona on Instagram. The stool. What did you call it? The, the stool constructor. The- <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'd wear a hard hat. Right. Right. Do you have a joke? I do have a joke. Actually, I have a premise also um, that I forgot I wrote down at um, on March 10th. And I don't remember why, but I've, I, I've, I've said something that almost fits. And the way I said it, it, it sounded like Elmo's fits. Like Elmo. He's mm. got fits. Like, maybe there's something there. Elmo's fits. Elmo's fits. Oh. Um, maybe... Almost fits more like almost fits. I'm the same size as Elmo, and I like his style. <laughs> Something like that. Almost fits more like almost fits. That fit is fire. Hmm. Almost fits more like almost fits. Uh, it almost fits. <laughs> I bought a I bought a puffer jacket that's burnt orange, ah. and I thought that kind of sounds like. Burnt and Ernie. <laughs> what? Burnt orange, burnt and Ernie. Oh, Sesame Street. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay, terrible! Okay, yeah. This joke premises. <laughs> you really tried to do something with yeah, it. I'm I trying. I'm it. trying. I do. We do have also <laughs> what we realized when we were high last night was that we could be doing some wordplay with your name, Cal. There's so many possibilities, and we're so not many. doing yeah. all that we could, and and we thought maybe. Calories. Calories. <laughs> Let me just, before you start, and I appreciate that. <laughs> He's already so tired. I've just, I've likely heard. I've likely heard it. But maybe we can. What about, be okay. Original. But I welcome, yeah, I welcome your creativity. Calories. What does Cal say when he doesn't want to eat too much at a diner? But it is a lot. It's a lot of food. What does he say? Stop giving me calories, Loris. <laughs> Loris? <laughs> Unexpected. And I loved it. I need more cows, Loris. <laughs> it's a French name. <laughs> the waitress. Her name is Loris. Loris. Or cows. Loris. Okay. Well, good job, Ani. You did something. It's more than I've done. This joke is also coming in hot from London Heathrow. Uh, Creative day you had at the airport. He was, he was sitting on that toilet for a while. <laughs> this was when I was notes. so. This was when I was walking around, and I came across this store called. Um, it's everywhere. Preda Manger. Oh yeah, I love it. So it's like Preda Manger, more like Peta Manager, and get that raise. <laughs> pet a manager <laughs> and get that raise <laughs> that money it's disturbing it's disturbing <laughs> pet a manger more like pet a manager <laughs> almost fits almost fits <laughs> yeah we're doing kind of some wordplay with yeah. our jokes this week yeah got it this has been joke corner they can't all be hits but it'd be nice if one of them was You ever heard that phrase, all dressed up and nowhere to go? Yeah. 
You ever had one of those nights where oh, you yeah. like you get ready and then either you end up flaking or something happens and then you're just ready to go out, but you're home? That is giving Ooh. me flashbacks to my early 20s where I would think I'd have a date or something with a guy that I was Same. dating and then he would find something better to do and then I'd be 21 completely shaven and nowhere to go. It was <laughs> devastating. Never again. I'll never go back to those dark days. But there's a lot. I think there's some lessons to be had in there. What are the lessons? Why do I care? Why does this matter to me? Who is this person? What is this hang? Why did I get so ready for this? There is some (laughs) value to, like, let's say if the date did happen and you were dressed up and, like, shaven and all that, that does add a lot of... You feel good. Yeah, yeah you feel you, it does bring out the vibes. But there is, it's, there's nothing sadder than like being a young girl and getting ready to see a guy you like and then him being like, actually, I'm going to hang out with Tony tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I shaved my what, baby? Oh, God. This is devastating. Like, what? I'm going to go because of this? And then that's where you take selfies. You're like, I already did a full face of makeup. I guess I'll take oh, a picture. Oh, that's where all these selfies are coming from. <laughs> yes, because Todd flaked out. Yeah. Every think... time a man flakes, an angel shaves herself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you hit 30, you're not. You're not. I'll tell you what. If, the, if, a guy can, if I've shaved my whole body and a guy cancels, yeah. I'll never see him again. I'll never talk to that guy. I don't have time for that. Uh, it's a long time to shave all the nooks and crannies. I'll tell you what's sadder than a 21-year-old getting stood up, like 21-year-old girl what? getting stood up on uh, a 28-year-old guy. No. No, no. I feel like maybe in the last uh, year and a half, at least, like I've had one incident where somebody had to cancel. I mean, they were nice enough uh, to like, I think they had a genuine reason. But of course, it was the case where I was like, oh shit, I'm about to leave my yeah, place now. I don't like that. If someone cancels too last minute, it's really, I take it hard because I'm someone who like gets ready in advance and I'm early. So I might already be there and they cancel. <laughs> Especially when I would ride the bus everywhere. I got to plan it out. I'm riding yeah. the bus. It takes 30 minutes to get there. You're canceling? Uh, I'm already here. I'm on my way on the 61C. I'd like to add add a great. Yeah, go for it. I like a confirmed text. I'm not with this whole, let's hang out tomorrow, and then we set up plans, and tomorrow comes, and then I'm just supposed to show up in good faith. Oh, yeah. I like the text that comes two hours before. Yeah. Yeah. Still on? Same. Yeah. Yeah. Just a simple still on. In my book, that's a trick now that I have taken up on, where on the morning of the day, like that I'm supposed to meet up with people. And this is this is not as much, none of this applies actually directly to friends' hangs, to be honest. This is more like a dating situation or people like strangers that I don't even know. Then I would confirm on the day. But I use it as a hack now. Like in the sense that just to confirm that, okay, this is still happening, right? What's or, the hack? This is the hack that morning or afternoon, I'll text people. I never used to. I would just text them in check check up like let's say uh, sync up in the evening but now I do it in the morning off the mm. plan like just to make sure that we still feeling it today I think it's important yeah that's a whole different subject that I think about all the time and I think this is especially apparent in Gen Z or younger and then our generation a little bit 
there's this thing where the idea of doing something in the future is great. And then once it comes oh, yeah. around in the reality of that same idea, nothing's changed. Yeah. Just time has passed. Then that prospect goes way down. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you guys right now, let's go to Indonesia next yeah. year. That sounds awesome. Yeah. But then when the nuts and bolts get into the mix and you realize you hate Indonesians, you're out. There is something satisfying when the other person cancels. It's like a winter night and you made plans to like go out to dinner with your friend. It's February. And it's, you know, it's 5 p.m. and it's pitch black out and you got to leave your house. And they're like, hey, actually, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, you got to stop. You're, you're making my horse hard over yeah. here. <laughs> well. I think that about wraps it up for today. What do you guys think? Let me just say, Jared Fogle did it all backwards. Yeah. If you're going to get into that weird shit, do it when you're a fat slob who can't pull. <laughs> Why are you going to shape up your body and eat $5 footlongs for three years and work out and lose all this weight just to go do that weird shit? That is a bizarre... That makes no sense. Famous person, though. Like, that that guy did that and then he was just like ended up being a pedophile is so ooh so creepy and random like he's just in jail right now that guy that was on our tv all those years for eating subway sandwiches on your favorite place you're complicit in the abuse of young <laughs> children in america let me sell your hard drives <laughs> it's it's weird that he's like i'm gonna improve myself to just go do this thing that is abhorrent this has been the, another episode of Imaginary Pod. Do we have any final remarks, thoughts, questions, comments, feelings, reflections, truisms? I do. Falsisms? I have one. Ani, it's what? so nice to have you here oh in this presence. God. It's God. been a beautiful day. Thank you for being my friend. <laughs> yeah. I love how we went back to basics with our brunch today. We sure did. We had a back to basics breakfast yeah. like no other for sure. Thank you. I'd like to thank myself for being here today. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I would actually like to thank your horse. It's really easy to like uh, harden your horse these days. And uh, I'd like to thank your whores. <laughs> <laughs> also very easy to harden them because they're male whores. Yeah. <laughs> and their hearts are hardened towards me. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Should we harmonize something? What did we talk about in this episode? Heathrow. Heathrow. Heathrow.